Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It feels like we're back in the 1940s. Is that so? On the Colleen That's and Bradley where we're headed. Show, My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer going hey. back in time. Bradley, what uh, what shall we make of this time travel? Well, let's hop back in the time machine, and we're gonna go back all the way to 1944 for this segment. Holly, oh, that was quick. Here we are. We are in 1944 for this segment, and it's all because I want to hear about the family history projects that you guys have been working on for the last couple of years. I know many of you have been doing things like family tree work, scrapbooks, photo collections, whatever it is. Or maybe like me, you were transcribing some family letters from back in the day, 1944. I'll tell you about that in a minute, but 651-641-1071. What family history projects have you used all this time we've been having of late, some more than others? Staring at four walls and you're digging out old boxes and going through time to uh, accomplish some of those family history projects. Give us a jingle. We'd love to hear. And I know Colleen and Holly both have a love of history as well, so maybe you guys have been doing stuff. But... Why are we asking, you ask? Why are we asking, I ask. Thank you. We went all the way back to 1944 today because one of the things I've been doing the last few weeks is I've been sitting on this pile of letters from my grandfather to my grandmother. Sounds back... uncomfortable. What now? Oh, I, I wasn't actually sitting okay, on Okay, thank you. <laughs> A pile of letters that my grandfather wrote to my grandmother during World War II. He was stationed overseas. Um, he was in Australia for a long time, went through the South Pacific. Anyway, I literally have letters from when he was in uh, basic training before he left the States, all the way through that process, all the way through his uh, you know, uh, trip across the ocean. Oh, that's so cool. And then throughout the entirety of the war, because he didn't get back until after 1945, and um, really got to see some very fascinating things. That said, I am very much in the beginning stages of transcribing these letters and wanted to do so for, you know, a couple of reasons. It helps me pass the time, but it's also, you know, a resource for um, just like future generations, whether it's, you know, the actual grandkids in our family and beyond yeah. or like maybe local history um, from where my grandparents were from. So I've been sitting down and like meticulously one by one taking each of these letters copying down all the relevant information, typing it up, you know, scanning them and doing all that stuff. And it's just been a really interesting process. That is that is really cool. And I bet that I just know from my own family's letters that like, especially with after wars, in my experience, my grandfather didn't talk about it mm -hmm. um, because he had seen some horrible things. And so oftentimes when we've found letters, that has been the most illuminating thing about what he did and where he was. And it led it's probably just led you to discover so many things about more than just their relationship. 
Oh, for sure. And, you know, I think your grandparents weren't any different. My grandparents were the same. That generation didn't really share much Mm-mm. typically about what they experienced during that time, yeah. whether it was just the mundane all the way to the just horrific tragedies that they uh, witnessed and were a part of during World War II. So to your point, I actually, there for me, there were two takeaways. And if you guys, again, if you want to join the conversation, if you've been doing stuff, I know many of you have uh, sent me messages about all the family history work you've been doing um, over the last couple months or years. But 651-641-1071, two of the things that struck me about this project, one is like you just appreciate your grandparents as humans in a way that, you know, I've just always had this very like iconic view of my gra- of grandparents in general, just, you know, like, because when you grow up, <laughs> or as I did with my grandparents, they were a very specific type of person, mm-hmm. right? Because they were at a very specific stage in their life. So to see them as people, in fact, in this case, 20 some years younger than I am. Yeah. Right. So like as kids, yeah. really, at a time when my grandma had her first, she was pregnant when my grandfather left. And so there was all this stress about and huge distance because, again, no social media, no telephone calls. Even when he was in another state, they weren't connected. So to be able to appreciate them as human beings on the one hand, but then also, you know, just to appreciate. And I think those of us who have lived through the last couple years can kind of relate in a way that when things happen on a world stage, there is still the microcosm of your daily life mm-hmm. that continues, which seems so mundane in the face of these much bigger things, right? right. Like we can relate in the terms of the pandemic. They, reading through these letters back, um, it's not back and forth because I'm reading my grandfather's letters home, yep. but you can kind of get a sense of what my grandmother's saying in his responses, right? Um, you you just, just the minor things that they talked about, yeah. like oh, Bob's uncle is going in for an operation or, you know, Aunt Sue is having a hard time dealing with, you know, X, Y, and Z. Or, oh, can you send me some film? Because it's really hard to get film around here. It's just been, it's it's fascinating to see sort of just the mundane, because you want to open these letters and hear these like treatises on, you know, the state of affairs that they're dealing with. Right. But that's not how it was, at least in in the case of my own, family well and the the other thing that that served whether it was intentional or not but to be giving the news of what was happening back at home that that what you said like mundane kind of stuff probably kept they were doing such big work uh during the war that hearing the day-to-day operations kept them connected to a time and a place that was quote, you know, more normal than what they were doing. And it probably like gave them sort of motivation to continue doing what they were doing so that they could one day get back to the mundane moments of, you know, although they never, you know, they never really did. And nor do we, or will we like with, uh, you know, our current events. And that's also, that's also when you can then appreciate what war does to a generation of people, because we did know our grandparents at way after the fact, Mm -hmm. and clearly their lives were different. They were different as people. And you begin to see some of the things, you know, the little tiny idiosyncrasies and habits of your family, like, oh, that might actually be a reflection of the fact that for five years, they essentially had to live this entirely different life that none of us can relate to, right. even even with the sort of upheaval we've had to face. 
Um, I mean, so again, it's just been this huge eye-opening experience. And I will say, it's also just fun to like, <laughs> it's fun to read what drives other people nuts, like, you know, 60 or no, gosh, 80 years ago. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Like what kind of 80 things? Years? And wait, that's right. Yeah. Right. 80 years ago, 40, 60, 60? Yeah, 80 yeah, years 80 ago. Years. God, it really is a total trip. So if you've got the chance to do this in your family, make sure somebody, I really do. I will say some of these are, have been opened probably for the first time since uh, the 1940s, but time takes its toll. So if you do have these family treasures, my, my recommendation is to get somebody who's savvy with a computer um, to make sure that they keep keep those things because not everybody in your family is going to want to dig through these like individual tiny letters right. and go through them and read them one by one. We have uh, for, we have some from World War One that are oh, cool. written in Norwegian. So I am useless on that. Yeah, but front. you can scan them. You yeah, can absolutely scan them. And there, you know, there are software now that'll read that for you. Thank so, God. Like there, <laughs> there I'm are not ways. gonna learn it. <laughs> There are ways, and and you'll learn something about how to, um, you know, keep your family records safe and secure. That's going to benefit you from beyond just this one particular project. And this is actually that's actually like useful for me. I really should probably like take a class because it turns out I'm the family museum, and everything has gotten given to me from my parents, and then also from my husband's parents. So yeah. I've got like pictures of of old dead people that I don't even know who they are. Yeah. And I got to yeah, figure I, all I'm, that out. I'm in the same, I've got boxes sitting right next to me and my goal is to just account for everything, scan it, upload it. Yep. And then it'll be donated to, you know, the, we have a, there's a history society in the County where my grandparents lived and all of that stuff's going to go to them because nobody, I mean, other than any pictures that people want, but right. most people don't want boxes of this stuff just sitting in their basement. Right. It's also just not safe because God only knows with the world we live in. <laughs> What could happen? <laughs> what the elements could bring. All right. On that cheerful note, when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, something that will make all of us happy. Ice cream! Yay! It's cheat day! Today is cheat day. It is the first of a two-part cheat day edition. We're going to get you acquainted with what we're eating after this on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. Yummy! It's the Colleen and Bradley show. My Talk 1071, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Um, and today is Friday, and we do something every single Friday, and we're doing something super special this Friday and next because it is our Dirty Rotten Cheat Day. I'll do it. <laughs> Taste test. Stick this in your mouth. It's, it's cheese an exclusive. Day. Okay, what are we doing? We're doing something special this week and next week, Bradley. What is yes, it? Yes, it's Colleen and Bradley's Cheat Day Friday two-part special event, Little Debbie Ice Cream Extravaganza. Today is part one, and each of us is going to try one of these Little Debbie Ice Creams based on your favorite, or at least my favorite, Little Debbie snacks. I know you guys like Little Debbie in your own special way. I digress. Okay, so I have Little Debbie Cosmic Brownies. What do you have, Bradley Trainer? I have one of my favorite Little Debbie snack cakes, Nutty Bar. Oh, I love a Nutty Bar. And Holly, what do you have? I have Honey Buns. Okay, I have to tell a funny story that happened uh, quick off the air. I brought Holly her ice cream, 
in her studio and I open up the door and I go, hey, I forgot. Are you honey buns or are you uh, oatmeal cream pie? And all I heard was Grant's adorable laugh because he thought I was calling her honey buns. Are you honey buns? Are you honey buns? What are you? But you are honey buns, right? She is honey buns today. Mm -hmm. You like the honey buns? Yeah. Okay, so I am. I'm opening. I had not opened it at all yet, so I'm literally like breaking the seal. Um, Bradley, what does it smell like? You just huffed it. Mine definitely smells like Nutty Bars that I remember. Nutty Bars was one of my favorite uh, Little Debbie treats. We always had a box of Little Debbies in our house, and not a school day would pass where I didn't come home, open the cabinet. And take out a little Debbie. Okay, so I have to tell you guys a little something that just occurred to me um, that is going to be a flaw. Can you guess? You've probably never had a Cosmic Brownie. I've never had a Cosmic Brownie. So I don't know that I'm going to be a great judge of whether or not this tastes like the Little Debbie counterpart. And what I'm learning about that is next week, we need to also get me the actual Little Debbie. I'm going to have to do a twofer. Colleen, have you ever had any kind of Little Debbie Brownie? No. The only Little Debbies I've ever had are a Nutty Bar and an Oatmeal Cream Pie. Oh, well, next week, why don't you do the oatmeal cream pie, and then you'll be able to tell. Well, that's true. Because I've had them all, so I'm totally fine with whatever. <laughs> I, listen, Bradley's I'm fine expert. trying the Little Debbie and the actual ice cream. I I think that works for me. Um, okay, who who's getting in? The, now, what is, Holly, what are you getting out of yours? Uh as far as what, like a set? The, the experience, the yeah. The experience? Well, it's great. And one of the things that I'm looking forward to is that this is actual ice cream. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times when there's these crossovers... Between two known entities, it's an ice cream novelty, which is like gobbledygook for meaning. It's like not quite ice cream, and they can't say it's ice, ice milk. Cream. Yeah, yeah. The but frozen this, dairy dessert. Exactly, but this is genuine ice cream. Um, I will tell you, you're absolutely right. It is real ice cream, and it's Hudsonville ice cream. And again, you can't label like go to the grocery store sometime and look in the freezer case. If it ain't ice cream, it will say. And a lot of things you think are ice cream are mm-hmm. ice cream. Yeah, it so says you're it absolutely right, right on Holly. there. Yeah, and it says here, a cold and creamy twist on a classic treat. Mine looks like chocolate ice cream with sprinkles in it, um, which I think is maybe what a cosmic brownie is. Yeah, it's just a chocolate brownie with sprinkles. Okay, Mm -hmm. so who wants to get their eat on first? Bradley, what is yours like? That's the one I'm curious about. Yeah, go for it, Brad. Um. All right, so like I said, it smells like Nutty Bars. It mm-hmm. looks like some kind of chocolate swirl experience with uh, maybe a peanut butter ice cream. Okay. I'm gonna. Hey, it's Mike, and I'm so excited to tell you about Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. We're all busy, and with Factor, eating fresh, never frozen, chef-crafted meals has never been simpler. Two minutes is all you need to heat and eat wherever you are. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from, including Calorie Smart. Protein Plus and Keto. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals each week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash btpod50 and use code btpod50 to get 50% off. That's code btpod50 at factormeals.com slash btpod50 to get 50% off. 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Try to oh find gosh. some bits. Here. I so I'm wondering if there's like crunchy, crunchy stuff in there. That's what I'm curious about. Ooh, yeah, chomps. How is it? He's taking a mm. bite. Oh, the brow he doesn't furrow. look mad. I know that that usually is like <laughs> Bradley is uh, mad. Do I ever look mad when no, I eat things? No, it doesn't look like you're mad. It looks like you're like, oh, okay, this is. Oh, he's going in for no. two. Mm-hmm. We see a nod. No, no that's it's absolutely. Does it taste really like a nutty ice bar? Cream. I don't know that I would say it's like identifiably nutter or nutty bar. But it does taste chocolatey and peanut buttery. Oh, okay. There's tiny little bits. I wish they were maybe a little bit bigger, but it's good. It's good. Okay, I'm trying to get some of the sprinkles on the cosmic brownie on my spoon. I'm going to go in now oh, for yeah. a bite. Extra right. dimensional. Mm-hmm. With the cosmic brownie. Mm-hmm. For texture. For texture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for texture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. Is it like chocolate ice cream? Yes. Or vanilla with brownies? No, it's chocolate ice cream. And it has these um the, the, the sprinkles and they're like um they're like candies. Yeah. Kind of. And they're in there. I mean, it's but look at it. It's real. It's just chocolate ice cream. Oh yeah. Oh, it's yeah. good. Holly How's that honey bun, honey bun? Hey, it's good. There's actual chunks of honey bun Mm. in this ice cream. So it's is it like a cinnamony ice cream? What's the ice cream like? Uh, The ice cream is vanilla, or maybe it's cinnamon, but it's a. And then there's the swirls of honey bunness inside the ice cream. Swirls of honey bun. (laughs) It's good. All right. I'm not mad about any of this. this. Eat it. I, I will say I'm not like. Oh my God! It's everything Little Debbie reminds me of. I would, I kind of want now a Nutty Bar. <laughs> <laughs> like, but you could grab one and crumble it up on top, or mm-hmm. you know, that'd be good. You could enhance your experience. Yeah. Um, and it would probably be fantastic. Okay, so yeah, let's, it's really good. Let's do the thing we do where we go around the room. We uh, rate on a five Cobra scale, um, five being the best. One being trash. On a scale of one to five cobras, what do you think, Bradley? I'm giving my Nutty Bar Little Debbie ice cream a solid four. Ooh. Okay. Holly, for your Honey Bun Little Debbie ice cream? Also a solid four. And for me, I'm also going to give mine a four. It delivers. It tastes good. Um, and I could see myself eating that. Um, mm. I also want to remind people you can get all of the flavors at Walmart of the of the Little Debbie ice creams. And um, we are going to probably have a couple more bites in the break. But and there we, are seven different flavors, that's true. right? Seven different flavors. And we're going to get, we'll, we'll get through the rest of them next week. Somehow, right. some way, you guys, we'll do it for you. When we come back, we've got celebrities behaving badly. We call them D-Bags. After this on My Talk 1071. Celebrities behaving badly. We love to tell you about them on the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. And we have a name for these celebrities behaving badly. What's that name? D-Bag. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag. 
of the day. Who's your D-bag? Um, my D-bag today is Machine Gun Kelly from 2013. Oh, wow. We really are in the time machine today. We're going all the way back to 2013, a year I don't remember at all. Except in June of that year, the 31-year-old singer, whose real name is Colson Baker, mm-hmm. spoke with Fuse, which is a media outlet. At the time, he was not 31. He's currently 31. But at the time, he was just 23 years young. And I do use the word young intentionally because in that interview, and I, you know, I thought about playing it, except it's gross and he's gross. And I'm like, I just don't want to put that in the universe. I'm going to tell you about it. Okay. But at least I have control of the words that I share. So in this interview, Machine Gun Kelly, who is currently dating Megan Fox. Right. And I'm Megan sorry. Fo- I always have to stop for a second. <laughs> Megan oh, Fox. Oh, you think it's Megan Kelly? Yeah. yeah no, because we, we make jokes. Megan Fox Kelly because Machine Gun Kelly. Anyway. Mm-hmm, it's all thing. So um, also Megan Kelly is not Megan Fox. Um, but who is friends with, with uh, Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox? Courtney Kardashian like notable- and Travis Barker. Exactly. It sounded like you said corny, and I just wish there was a world in which there was a corny Kardashian, because that would be me. Hi, guys. I'm corny Kardashian. I'm the one nobody talks about. Like, didn't that guy do that thing? Anyway, I'm not going to get sidetracked. So, yes, corky. Um, Okay, so back to the story. So it's interesting because they have a relationship with the Kardashians by association, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Well, Machine Gun Kelly in this 2013 interview said some really disgusting things about Kendall Jenner, who, by the way, at the time... Was like 13? Was 17 years old. Not okay, 13. Okay, oh my God. 13 okay. would have been statutory or like criminal. Okay. It would have been straight up criminal. Okay. Um, in this case, just statutory. Fine, so equally great, bad, but, um, but, but didn't land him in jail for saying the following things. Because they go, Who's your uh, celebrity crush? And he said it was Kendall, uh, excuse me, he said that it was Kendall Jenner. Did I say Kylie? I no, get you said confused. Kendall. You okay, said Kendall, and then I made it young and awkward. Okay. So Kendall Jenner, who was 17 at the time, is this 23-year-old Machine Gun Kelly's first celebrity, or, yeah, his first celebrity crush. And um, they're like, okay, that's interesting, because, you know, she's, like, not 18. Mm-hmm. And the, the, interview's like, the interviewer's like, are you counting down the days until she's 18? And he's like... I, I don't care that she's not 18. I would do her right now. Oh, my gosh. And in language that is far more disgusting, he said, I'm not waiting until she's 18. I'll go now. I'm 23. I'm not like a creepy age. You know what I'm saying? And she's like a celebrity. Okay. That's bad enough, right? Right. But at least he's applying some sort of like, I'm not creepy logic or mm-hmm. trying to, even though I would say he failed. But okay, whatever. But then he goes on to just make it worse where he starts telling you about famous guys who've dated like 14 year olds Mm -hmm. and 15 year olds and essentially saying like even if she was like 15 or 16, it would be fine. And it's just it's equating all of these horrible things and it just gets worse from there. The whole interview, which if like me, you were forced to watch, although I wasn't forced, Mm -hmm. I just clicked on the dumb thing and couldn't stop. It goes on from there, and he just comes across as one of the most juvenile, infantile, obnoxious, and gross humans. I actually, I'm going to go ahead and say, um, everybody, but specifically 
parents of teenage boys should watch that because mm. your goal in life should be to raise a son a child who's not who's like nothing that. like that because that's what i think when i hear that i look at my sons and i think how do i make sure you just don't go in this direction because it's just yeah. sickening. He's uh, and there's a look on his face like he thinks oh, like he's it's so he thinks very highly of himself. He also said he has two. God, I think the guy asked him like, "Do you have any pets?" And he's like, "It's Bob and Frank, and they're my hurt like below my leg, like, okay, between dude, my legs." It no. was really weird. That's nasty. But just really quick to just reiterate, not only did he just make himself sound creepy, he then doubled down on the creepy and said, "Quote." I don't care. Say what you want. If Kendall is in your bedroom, she's 17 at the time, naked and you're 50, you're going. Okay. No. 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 Two more, please, So do you know how you didn't know any of this until you saw this story? Yeah. But did you not have a sense of Machine Gun Kelly before you learned any of this? Mm Mm-hmm. To then I would say, dot, 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 are you surprised at all that this was 23-year-old Machine Gun Kelly? Oh, gosh, no. This is, so this is what, listen, people, I'm glimpsing your future. If (laughs) you do have somebody in your life at 23 who behaves like this, they're they're turning into Machine Gun Kelly Being highly successful in music and dating one of the most, uh, no, I don't know. And drinking each other's blood. Yeah, that's and exactly right. Grabbing crotches on red carpets. <laughs> and being a frequent topic for conversation yeah. on midday pop culture radio shows. Hi. <sighs> All right. Do better. Please. That's nasty. Who's your D bag? <sighs> Prince Nasty. Oh. oh, speaking of nasty, we're gonna go like full illegal nasty. Okay. But this is comes in the form of a story as told in the US Sun. Um, this is a pictorial with a story attached of a party that happened uh that was thrown in Aspen. Nope, that it was not in Aspen. It was in Saint Tropez, thrown by a Libyan businessman. Uh where he, Prince Nasty, was trying to hook up with a woman by the name of Chris Von Aspen. Okay? Okay. So he's at this, like, pool party, or, like, poolside party at at a Richie McRich Rich house, and there's all kinds of rich figures there. Prince Nasty has his sights set on this blonde American socialite named Chris Von Aspen. And mm. Chris Von, I, I don't know, I, I, I don't know where these pictures, why these pictures are surfacing now, but I don't care because if you read through this story, you, you come out the other side feeling like Prince Andrew is the most clunky, weird, like the guy at the party that you're trying to avoid mm. because he's kind of a creeper. He's super inartful about how he's trying to hook up with you. So he's got his sights and it just tells a story. He's got his sights set on this, um, this American socialite, Chris Von Aspen. And, you know, she's like, you know, she's dancing with him. She's, you know, introduced herself to him. Um, but they are taking these pictures or somebody's taking pictures of them where she's like pretending to lick him and they're dancing and he's like behind her grabbing onto her and it's gross. But then when you read further into the story, she tells of the night 
that um, first of all, she had she was involved with somebody else at the time, and it wasn't clear whether or not Prince Andrew knew that. However, Prince Andrew followed her around the entire night, including but not limited to when she went to the restroom. Oh. He was like oh. waiting for her outside of the restroom. No. Yeah, at I mean, one point, <laughs> he gave her a head massage. Uh-huh. All of this happened in 2007, and just like the reading through of this story, again, like I said, it paints this picture of Prince Andrew as this sort of clunky, no game, you know, but he, but I, but the thing that stuck me is like, this is the luxury of being a prince, is you can have absolutely no game. You can be the kind of guy that stands outside of the bathroom and waits for the hot woman to come out. You can offer her a head massage at a party. But you're a prince. And so everybody wants to be around you and encourage that. I I, I think every woman has met this man. Yeah. And I don't think you need to meet a prince to meet this man. Totally. Every woman who has been at a party, and whether she indulges it, engages it, is a part of it, whatever, responds to it in any way or doesn't, Mm -hmm. like whatever the response, I guarantee every woman has had this exact experience on the dance floor with a man who who is trying something that's not going to happen and how she responds as individual to that woman. But, um, and I don't know if we've seen these photos before, but I know we've seen photos of him dancing with young women because this whole... This whole idea that he was just some, you know, meek, mild-mannered prince who's just getting a bad deal because, you know, one lady's aggrieved and Jeffrey Epstein is dead. And so he's the victim of, you know, this character assassination. Mm -hmm. You don't have to know much to know that at that time, Prince Andrew was looked at as a a ladies' man, that he was a playboy, that he was out and about constantly, you know, going after women. I mean... It it should not, and it doesn't, I know, surprise us, but um, just these pictures, I guarantee every woman watching is like, yep, nope, been there, been yeah, at that party, know that guy. on the dance floor. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't a prince, but yep. Um, I will just tell you, I wanted to just tell you this, that the, the man that this socialite, Chris Von Aspen, was dating at the time was a former French Foreign Legion officer, Bruno Philopinot who was Prince Albert of Monaco's right-hand man at the time. Mm. So she wasn't nobody, like she, and she wasn't with nobody, and he was trying to get with her. And apparently, according to her, according to the story, um, he was successful uh, in his endeavors. Yeah. But That's OMG. Nasty. I mean, I just, I read through this story, That's and I thought, nasty. like you said, Bradley, like, you know these people. Like, you don't know these oh, people, but yeah, you yeah. Know this is just people. with a lot of money and and you know extra power and privilege, and right. that's why it shouldn't. It wouldn't be a surprise, and we'll see. Virginia Roberts is going to have her day in court, and we'll all see how that plays out. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that's the reality, but um, it wouldn't surprise me if a very privileged individual like Prince Andrew was able to wield his power and privilege in private in a way that he didn't need to in public. Mm-hmm. Like right, like I guarantee that that this is this because people will say like just because he's gross doesn't mean he's doing these other things but the reverse is kind of also true like just because he's gross in private doesn't mean he's not also gross in public Mm -hmm. like so i think in this case the two are kind of 
connected. So this just further tells the story that we probably already know. Ooh. Hopefully people will judge accordingly. Why am I whispering? I don't, I don't know. know. When we return that ice cream on the Colleen, body. on the Colleen and Bradley show, we are going to have a little Chonus bonus. Uh, a publationship <laughs> that we call Chonus. Uh, what is a Chonus, Bradley? Chonus is Priyanka Chopra and Nick Jonas. We're going to have a little Chonus bonus after this on My Talk 1071. Holly, this is the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. And uh... Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Whenever we talk about a publationship, Bradley, what's a publationship? Relationship for publicity. And this is one that we call Chonus. What's a Chonus? Priyanka Chopra, Nick Jonas. We have a little Chonus bonus. It's time for a Chonus bonus. Okay, so I brought you here today because I would like to um, further nudge Colleen's conspiracy theory about Chonus Mm. a little bit further. I mean, tongue in cheek, honestly, because I don't... I don't agree with this particular conspiracy theory, but we've, (laughs) who knows, in this world. We'll get to that in a moment. But seriously, there's an article in um, Entertainment Tonight. It's a real good show. Thanks, ladies. No, thank you. Priyanka Chopra shares first selfies as a new mom. Mm. What? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I saw this headline and I thought, well, this would be counter to the narrative uh, that we were expecting. And what I will say, and let me unpack this a little bit and then I'll tell you the payoff of the story. So this indicates that I am going to see Priyanka Chopra sharing selfies as a mom because Mm -hmm. she's now a mom. She and Nick had a baby via surrogacy that we were alerted to a while back. But we've not seen the child, which is totally normal in the real world, but in the world of publationships, that is, celebrities who share everything about their relationship online, in photos, mm-hmm. uh, social media, etc. We expected to have seen the child. Even though they because- asked for privacy during this time, we thought that that privacy would expire when there was some sort of paid pictorial. Well, I was going to say, yeah, like for me, I really was like, well, this is, you know, this works until they have negotiated all the contracts to do the first full spread. And I think that's still entirely possible. That's not what this is. But I do think it's possible at some point we're going to get the people exclusive. We're going to meet the baby and, you know, the happy family and kudos and congrats to them. Um, However, in sort of solidarity with Colleen's conspiracy theory that there is no child. Nope. Do you want to share? There will be a, they will have a baby cast, meaning <laughs> baby cast, meaning they're going to, they're going to cast a baby. Like they'll be yeah. like, um, not like a tiny this, little arm cast. Right. <laughs> like that's a baby that looks like it could be Priyanka Chopra and Nick Jonas's baby. Why don't we 
you know, we'll we'll employ this baby to be our publicity baby, and then and then they get to go home, and there isn't a baby. That's well, what I honestly think. I'm sorry. No, I know. I that's know my that's weird no conspiracy theory. That's and look, we are a safe space for conspiracy theories Thank here on you. the Colleen and Bradley Show. What I would say is again, I think we're close to getting that like probably people exclusive. But as I said, this entertainment tonight is a real good show. Exclusive that promises to show selfies of Priyanka Chopra as a new mom is anything but. There is no but, by the way. What it is, is, and Colleen, if you haven't opened this, and Holly, feel free to join the uh, article is, yet. If Are these her Instagram photos from yesterday? These are, inst- it's an Instagram post. Mm-hmm. And she is staring into the rearview mirror of her vehicle yeah. in Los Angeles. And all it says is, the light feels right Mm -hmm. so i have no this is like literally no conversation about priyanka chopra and nick jonas and every bit of conversation a stern conversation with um the folks at et because you knew exactly what you were doing this was clickbait to the first degree yeah and you wanted everybody to click and see priyanka with her baby because of course we haven't seen that yet and when you open it, you realize, nope, this is just an Instagram post of her looking fabulous in the rearview mirror of her very nice vehicle. Which, by the way, I think is probably that Maybach that Nick Jonas bought for her, remember? Allegedly. Or did she buy him one? She bought him a Maybach. It's fancy. Yeah, so she's in a fancy vehicle, that's mm-hmm. one point. Um, okay, yes. Finger wagging to entertainment tonight. Is it a real good show? I mean, question mark. At this point, I'm really questioning my... Uh, <laughs> my <laughs> Listen, we only sing it because those are the words to the theme song now, she also that we made up. She also added to her Instagram story within the past 24 hours. Oh, do we see a baby? No, but we see a sponsored content post there talking you go. about some hair oh. care. Well, well that's you know, interesting. Now, that. here's the other curiosity I have about Priyanka Chopra. Now I'm making it all about Priyanka Chopra, but Jonas, whatever. Um, I am wondering if I'm wondering when the baby spawn con starts. You know what I'm yeah, saying? I mean, again, like, I'm, this is I'm another so, opportunity I'm, for them. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, they're all sort but but again, just to, you know, for the listener who may have just shown up, the whole point of a publationship, well, there's actually, you know, if we're going to get real particular and do a master class in publationships, which at some point we probably should do, you know, that master class app should hire us, mm-hmm. we'll teach a uh, course on celebrity publationships, because I think that um, Priyanka Chopra and Nick Jonas's incarnation or manifestation of publicationship is very unique and different than, say, well, actually, not totally unique and different. It's just a different version of publicationship than your typical, like Jennifer Lopez right. and Ben Affleck. Right. They're not so spawn conny. They're more like, I'm doing this movie project. Talk about my relationship. Now, Priyanka Chopra and Nick Jonas do that because she's an actress and a very successful one. But they have taken things to a sponsored content level that most celebrity relationships don't, right? Like, Priyanka Chopra knows how to monetize her social media presence. Oh, they they monetize their entire wedding. Um, yeah. As you'll recall, I mean, every aspect of it from engagement, the engagement wedding, to the bachelor, bachelorette party, to the wedding, to the honeymoon, to the 
whole entire thing. And by the way, I do want to remind people we have actually taught a mini master class on publationships on our uh, podcast, Go Deep in yeah. the Shallow. So you can, we did a whole season on two se- Well, yeah, there's two seasons of the podcast, but you're absolutely right. The publationship, you want to do the full meal deal. Yep. Head to, um, you know, wherever you get your podcast. Exactly. Um, but, but you're right. They, they sort of, they spin it in two ways. They, they do two sort of things. They have made so much money off of their relationship. It's unbelievable. And, I, I, this is the part that I'm sort of bracing myself for. At what point do we get to see Priyanka Chopra Jonas, the mother? You know, that is part of her actual um, presence as a celebrity. She's not only just a celebrity and a celebrity oh, yeah, wife now, she's now a celebrity mother. Didn't you, um, did you have a story? Was this yesterday? Well, yeah, it was actually based on this post, this uh, Instagram. Just because I was like, this, you know, now that she's posted a picture of her, now that she's like crossed the threshold into motherhood, we have now entered into the world where now, from now on, Priyanka Chopra has offered herself up to the wolves as a mother. So I am just on bated breath for the critical um, comments about her as a mother. But you know what's really interesting? Her comments on her Instagram are completely curated. She... Meaning like that that, that she has approved and, and like yep. deleted certain ones or what's what's your... For somebody who has so many followers, um, she doesn't have a lot of comments that show up. And when she does, they're usually blue check marks. And they're all like, you are fire. You look fantastic. This, that, and the other thing. So also pay attention to that piece because we might never really see how the world actually perceives Priyanka Chopra. That's how buttoned up she is. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, have you ever bought something secondhand and found something completely shocking, like in a pocket or in a cushion? 651-641-1071 after this.